How does it feel when adversity strikes from out of nowhere? What do you do then? Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Mary Slocum. Today, we're exploring what happens when the arrow of misfortune or adversity strikes and how we react or not to it. I hope you enjoy the show, and I hope that you'll download the episode and share it with your friends. You may also be moved to become a member of the podcast via Patreon by going over to patreon.com forward slash your mindful life. That's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash your mindful life, all one word, and joining. Your Mindful Life Podcast. There's a very old story that the Buddha is said to have told. The story begins with two questions. If a person is struck by an arrow, is it painful? And if a person is struck by a second arrow, is it even more painful? Yes, the first arrow is painful. In life, we can't always avoid the first arrow. Stuff happens that we don't control. The second arrow, though, is our reaction to the first. And here we have a choice. We can choose how we react. We can choose whether we will be hit by the second arrow or not. Of course, we all suffer. When something bad happens to us, we suffer. And we know that suffering comes in many forms. Disappointment, dissatisfaction, physical pain, or loss, among many others. But do we attach to that suffering and increase that suffering? Or do we acknowledge it and let it go? Suppose you lose your job. This is the first arrow, and it hurts. Loss is painful, and you grieve. Something that you've had an active relationship with is no longer there. You have no choice but to transition from an active to a passive relationship, from going to work every day to remembering how it used to be to go to work every day. The first arrow can be anything that causes us hurt, malaise, suffering. The second arrow is the reaction to the first. It may come in the form of getting bogged down in self-pity, shame, or depression, or it may manifest as revenge, getting back at someone who has wronged you, or as anger that what has happened was unfair. The second arrow is the pain and suffering 
that comes from reacting to the first arrow. If you lose your job, what then? Do your emotions go wild with worry, anger, or sadness? Do you freeze, unable to lift your head up and move forward? Frozen in feelings that this is just too much. Do you rewind and replay the story a million times in your head? Maybe you toss yourself into creating story. If only this had happened this way or that way, then the first arrow wouldn't have hit. If only this had happened or that person had been honest or that event hadn't taken place or if only I had known this or that, then the first arrow wouldn't have hit. But it did. Or we might decide what an acceptable resolution is. If wronged by someone, we might say, if that person apologizes, then it will be okay. This is a trap because we have no control over what that person does or doesn't do. Suppose that person doesn't apologize. What then? Do we fall into the blame and outrage game? Or do we pause and take a few slow breaths? Pausing is mindful. In the moment when the first arrow hits, we feel it. This doesn't feel good. We recognize and acknowledge it. Everything doesn't always feel good and pleasant. This is unpleasant, and we can be with it. We allow the bodily sensations, that wrenching in the gut or that feeling of something blocking the throat, and the emotions, the anger, the sadness, and the thoughts that are arising right then by putting a lot of space around them. We are aware that there is always a tendency to either attach, grasp, or to push away and run. When we attach and hold, we feel wronged. When we run away, we may run headlong into feeling stuck and depressed not being able to do anything because life is just too painful. So instead of grasping or pushing away, we are aware of the unpleasant feeling tone of experience, and we pause. First, being aware of what's happening in the moment and knowing that pausing is a mindful response. It supports us in remaining present in the moment, neither grasping nor pushing away, and helps us to find that place of equanimity, that place of balance and spaciousness, that place of non-judgment, that place of neutrality from which we can accept what is happening with respect and love, for ourselves, from that place of self-compassion. 
equanimity is the foundation on which we build compassion for ourselves and others that fortifies us, allowing us to go through experience of the first arrow with acceptance. Pausing also creates space and time for reflection and inquiry, for asking little questions. Going back to job loss, you might ask, is this a good time for me to reassess my skills and interests? Maybe it's time to head off in a new direction. Or is it time to move full speed ahead to secure a new job as quickly as possible? For sure, thoughts, stories, bodily sensations, and emotions arise, and we will be with them from that place of equanimity and love. And if we slip in the second arrow strikes, we can be with that too. Maybe the second arrow brings about more story and blame or shame, Maybe it shunts us into feeling that we're unable to move forward or move in any direction at all. Being aware, being aware of what's happening in the moment allows us to recognize what is happening, to become aware of the context of the first arrow and of our reaction to it. No matter what is happening, we can always start from where we are. This is such an important element of being mindful. There is always this moment right now in which we can start fresh. We can start here right now. Watching video of the war in the Ukraine, I'm seeing how the people of the Ukraine are right now taking the first arrow, but not the second. Sheltering from a drone attack in a metro station in Kyiv, a man standing on the platform begins to sing. At first, his voice is solitary. Then another voice joins, and another, and another. The response of hope is palpable. In another video, a railroad bridge has been blown to bits, and yet the workers are rebuilding it, rebuilding the country's lifeline. And then in another clip, in the face of food, electricity, and gas scarcity, people come together in community to cook, and to eat. All of them are in the moment of war and yet are finding possibilities to live. From these clips, we see how being aware in the moment frees us, allowing us to open to possibilities that are not available to us when we're already reacting. Think about it. When we're bogged down in reliving the story over and over again or wallowing in difficult emotions that leave no space for anything else, how can we be open? We're not. 
we're attached and this attachment is like a trap. And yet, even when we get trapped, mindfulness gives us a way out. Mindfulness gives us awareness, the pause, equanimity, and self-compassion. And these are always within our reach. The practice of mindfulness gives us the opportunity to know our mind, to get to know our habits of thinking and feeling, our habits of attitude and belief. We know our typical ways of reacting because we have spent time sitting with our mind, getting to know it. Knowing the mind, we are more quickly aware and recognize it. Oh, yeah, I know this reaction that's forming right now. It feels really familiar to me. And then we can more quickly pause and more quickly find the ballast of equanimity and reflect. My teacher, Joseph Goldstein, says, it's simple, but it's not always easy. And this is the truth. It's simple to know that we can be aware in the moment, that we can pause and bring equanimity to the situation. But it's not always easy to practice it every day. Although, the more we practice, the more we sit in our daily practice and bring our practice into our everyday lives, it becomes easier because it helps us to shed the layers of conditioning and open our hearts to life's possibilities. And in this way, we are able to live through the first arrow and avoid the second arrow. So this week, I invite you to notice the first arrow and pause. Thank you for listening. I'm grateful you're here, and I'm grateful for the people behind the scenes who make this podcast possible. All of you who are members of the podcast on Patreon, it really helps, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And also, Gorgias Romero for original music, audio engineering and production, Bill Rafferty for technical web support, Ali Allen for logo and podcast cover design, and Margaret Haas for announcing the show. Be well, be mindful. <laughs>